The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Friends in Recovery Podcast, the podcast that is here to help you, a loved one, or a friend get started down the road to recovery. This is the Friends in Recovery Podcast, brought to you by the Genesis House. Genesis House, providing a safe, nurturing environment to heal from addiction since 1992. Please be a friend and share our message with a friend on Podbean, iTunes, iHeartRadio, or YouTube. And now, here are your Friends in Recovery. Hey, welcome everybody to FriendsInRecoveryPodcast.com, podcasting live from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe in the lovely town of Salem, New Hampshire, with our good friend over there, Ed Sullivan. What's up, Ed? Producer extraordinaire. I am happy to be here. We're happy to have you. We are. Always happy to have you. I am Mike Miles, the uh, pod father, and sitting next to my good friend, Jersey Ed. Hi, everybody. Ed, you got some business to take yeah, care of? Yeah, let's take care of the housekeeping stuff first and business stuff. We, Of course, we always want to thank Genesis Absolutely. House. Absolutely. And I also want to thank Ed for that lovely music that he plays mm. us in on. I, I'm like, kind of want to go to sleep when I, I hear all that. I think the, the music <laughs> predates me. <laughs> it does. It absolutely does. We want to thank Genesis House for making all this um, possible. Absolutely. A um, couple things. Um, friends in Recovery. Um, Alumni meetings are, are now in New Jersey and Florida. You can email Skyler. Um, N at genesishouse.net to get those times and dates. Um, and also, I believe it's on our, um, I think it's on our website or or um, Facebook page. They, they post them too. Also, um, like us on Facebook. We are on Facebook. Um, we're also Facebook Live now. Mm-hmm. Um, via satellite, right, Ed? <laughs> Whatever <laughs> you, you say. You know I have to say that every show. You're the tech guy. <laughs> I am the tech yeah. guy. That's right. Ed had a couple questions before the show that I had yeah, to show him how to work the board. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> And then also, please subscribe. Um, hit that subscribe button. It's really important that you subscribe to um, to, to the show because it kind of gives you a, um, an alert that we're on. Um, and we're always on at live on yep. Tuesday at 4 o'clock, just like we are today. So Absolutely. YouTube and all your other podcast catchers. One other thing, as I mentioned last week, Mike, um, is that um, Atlantic City Marathon, Friends right. of Recovery, are yes, sponsoring. Yes. Um, we're not sponsoring the marathon, but we're sponsoring our own little kind of um, right. marathon. October 19th and 20th, um, it's a marathon, half marathon, 10K and 5K. I'm going to be running the, as I said last week, I'm going to be running the um, the half marathon, and we're going to have a bunch of employees coming out. I think um, we're going to have a couple of people running a 5K, and we might need have, support if you guys want to come out. to come down and watch. Yeah, come down and watch. We'd love to have you. So, um, And that's all about about all we have as far as housekeeping and business goes. Super. We have a special guest today. We have uh, Corey Clark from Richmond, Virginia. Yep. And Corey's waiting patiently, and uh, I just want to read a little bit of his bio here, which I found very, very hot, warm, and uh, just it touched me. Uh, Corey first started using drugs at the age of uh, 14. His drug of choice at the time was heroin. And just imagine a 14-year-old doing heroin. I mean, uh, tough stuff, man. God. Among every other drug he, or any other drug he get his hands on, and I can relate to that. Uh, Corey spent 28 years in active addiction before realizing it was time for a change. One day he was sitting in his car out in the yard watching his wife and his kids play. He knew he didn't want to use, but he also knew that physically he couldn't stop. And that's when, I guess, uh, we call hitting our bottom. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what it is. (laughs) And he realized he was completely powerless and at the mercy of the drug. And, boy, I'll tell you, when that that realization comes in, 
that's a lonely place to be. It is. And you don't think there's any help at all? No. And Corey will be here to tell yeah, us there Corey, is. Yeah, take it from there. <laughs> What's so, up, Corey? So you, you were powerless and at the mercy of drugs, and you knew that you just couldn't do this on your own. And uh, take it from there. Introduce yourself. Nice to see you. Uh, hey, Corey. Corey. Richard, Virginia. A person in long-term recovery. Um, recovering addict, you know, however you want to put it. Uh, but that, that day, it still sticks out in my mind because – uh, it's a it's a little bit of backstory to that day. Uh, I I was stuck in the house watching my kids all day, and I was I was going through withdrawals. I was sick, and I couldn't get anybody to bring anything to me because I live way out in the country. I live in a, I'm from a small town called Montpelier, Virginia, and I couldn't get anybody to bring anything to me. So my wife had took the car and was going to work, and I was on the phone all day trying to get something, and I couldn't. So when she got there, someone actually finally said that they would meet me. So when she got there, I made up an excuse to go to the store that's five minutes away, but really took me like an hour to go and do what I needed to do. And I, and I came back and I was sitting in my driveway and I, it was like an image out of a book, man, out of a movie. And uh, the grass was cut, the house was clean, the kids were playing with the dogs, wife sitting on the porch. And I'm sitting in the car with a dollar bill and a straw in my hand, mm. trying not to sniff the dope that I had just bought. I didn't want to sniff it, but I couldn't not do it, you know. So I'm sitting there with tears running down my eyes, and I'm holding it out in front of me so the tears wouldn't drop in it, you know. Yeah. And I ended up doing it. And I just, I, I, it, that day was, that day was the start that let me know I had to do something different. Well, that, that, that's a lonely – you think it's a lonely day, you know? We think that we're all alone and we think that um, it's 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 the end of the end of everything, you know? And, and we don't know how to get out of it. Is, is that how you felt? You kind of didn't know how to how to get out of it just sitting there? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I felt, I felt um, like I was in a hole by myself. Yep. You know, nobody understood that uh, this was unique to me. You know, I didn't know about – I never, never really been in the need. I didn't want to mm-hmm. stop until that point. Right. But once I got to the point where I wanted to stop, I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, did, I didn't know about the the tools and the the recovery and the different programs that were that are available now that were available then. I didn't know. Yep. And, once I finally started reaching out, I was faced with all types of obstacles, and it just I just, I just felt by myself. I just, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, um, I want to go back a little bit. Um, it says that you tried to control it, um, cutting back only on weekends and tapering off. Um, how did that work out? Oh, it worked. It failed horribly. <laughs> it did, right? <laughs> I'm just checking. I want to make sure, but. <laughs> I did the whole, you know, I'm just going to get high on the weekends or I'm just going to get high Monday or. You know, I'm just going to have a special occasion and drink. I, I tried all that. And the weekends became every day. The special occasions became every day. It didn't right. matter if it was happy or sad. It didn't matter. It yeah. was all internal. It was me. I yeah. couldn't control me. It yeah. owned you. It yeah. just it takes over. It's it's yeah. You're powerless over it. It, it just, just like it says in the big book, we're powerless over it. Whatever it is, and at and you know at the time we're powerless of the alcohol and drugs, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. and and you know I remember that sad spot too. Um, 
not knowing what to do. I thought I was the only person out there. Now, Corey, we 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 have a lot of people listening and and watching and everything, but um, I'm sure there's some people out there now, kind of saying, oh, "Yeah, I'm right where Corey was." I, I you know, I, I understand it, um, but they're not alone. There, there's millions of people out there feeling the same way right now as we did all those years ago. I'm very adamant when I talk to people about that to let them know that you we are never alone. Right. Um, I remember that feeling of of um, just isolation and loneliness. Like I, I remember that feeling. And today, I have so many people that are in my corner. You know, and it's the majority of the people that I, that I was afraid to even let know that I had a problem are now some of my biggest supporters. You know, it, it, that's the, that was the disease telling me that I was worthless and nobody was going to love me or care about me once they found out that I had a problem. And the same people that I was afraid to talk to now actually come and talk to me about things that they deal with. Right. Like, exactly. It's beautiful. You yeah. know, I hate to see people so broken and hurting, hurting. It, it breaks my heart. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and Corey, your hat is says it all. Tell us about that hat you have on there for the folks that can't see. It says hope on his hat. Um, yeah. if, if you're watching play from Virginia, it says hope, hope yep. for me stands for hold on pain ends. Hold <laughs> on pain ends. That is it. so true. Right, me and Mike were looking at that before and we're, it, it, it does. If, if you do, it's amazing. You know, it, the blessings that we get all these years later, even even when you put it down and you ask for help, the, the minute you ask for help. And I know for me and I know, Mike, we shared this plenty of times. The second I asked for help, the second I knew I had to surrender and stop, I knew that was it. Um, the, bi- the, the biggest burden just was lifted off of me. And, yeah. and it felt like like I lost a million pounds and I was like this this super kind of hero but i didn't know where to go with it i didn't know what to do with it and and it's guys like you and mike and everybody that can direct us to to uh to meetings and and treatment and 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 all that stuff you know and and i'm sure that's kind of the direction you went after you kind of surrendered that day in your car absolutely where i came from where i grew up you know i I grew up uh, around a lot of street guys and i was raised raised and taught that you know we don't we don't have pain you know, we don't show pain. We, we carry our own burdens. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you just do what you need to do to figure it out. And in recovery, I've learned that I've been carrying pain that wasn't meant for me to carry. Yeah, like all the That's things right. that I had learned in the streets, some of the biggest lies huh. that I was told I learned from the streets. And sure. we don't have to live that way. We carry pain and burdens that are not meant for us to carry. It's so much easier just to settle down. You know, in early recovery, I heard a guy say one night, he said, um, booze and drugs will take you to places you don't want to be, doing things you don't want to do with people you don't want to be with. Mm-hmm. And, man, I can tell you, I, <laughs> I related to that so that quickly. So yep. You know, and and I because I knew I wasn't meant to be a drug addict. I knew that I didn't grow up to be a drug addict. I never thought when I was a kid, geez, someday I'm going to I'm gonna be a cocaine addict and I'm yeah. going to spend every nickel I have and I'm just going to lie to people and I'm going to fuck up your job steal, and, and I'm going to, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and, and all of a sudden you're there and there's still a part, like there's this little part that's just pushed way down that wants to get out, doesn't know how to get out. So what do you do? You just go along. You, you got to survive every day. I love the part where you said you're, you were, you were in your car, you know, you, you, you couldn't get anyone to bring you anything, 
and and that pain, that emotional, Oof. physical, psychological pain is more. I'd rather have someone chop off a limb. Yeah, you know, I could deal with that pain than the yeah. pain of waiting for something. Yep. to get yeah. high, just yeah. to get that monkey off my back, just yeah. to get, just to get right. Not even to feel good because I wasn't getting high anymore at the end. I was just trying to feel right. Yeah, yeah. Well, now your story goes on. You went into treatment, and um, you know, uh, people. Or, or maybe at that point, and, and it doesn't look like you were a first-time winner, neither was I. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about what happened with, with all with all that, how, how treatment went. You know, the, everybody's looking for treatment, and nowadays treatment's insanely crazy out there. And, uh, you know, what what happened as far as, you know, you know did, did you – I mean, you got it in the car, but then where'd you go after that? What, what was your route well, after, after that? After that, it, it, took, a, it took about – it took about two years for me actually after that because when I when I um, came to that realization in the car, I got on the phone and I tried to call uh, my local area mental health facility. You know, I, I was new to, the, to to even trying to find help. So, you know, um, us us active addicts know everything. So everybody gave me that <laughs> we do. <laughs> you need to do this and you need to do that and this will work. You need to call this number and it was bunch of bullshit but I called I, when I finally got to a point and I called my insurance company um, they gave me the numbers to all these local facilities and I was put on a waiting list so what does an addict do when you get put on a waiting list get high I kept, yeah. I kept getting high yeah I didn't, I didn't know how to stop but I continued to even in that pain process I still continued to try to reach out right. so I ended up in a in a inpatient facility called uh, Life Center Galax. And it was a good program. My insurance said that I could stay there for 30 days. It cut me at 14, oh. and I, I was sent home with um, 14 days uh, clean and really nothing else. Like, I went to IOP. Um, it helped for a while, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't understand that I didn't just use drugs because I liked using drugs. Mm -hmm. There was, there was, a, there was something like, behind it, right? I was always under the impression that anybody would ask me, why you get high? I get high because I like to. Yeah. Uh, I didn't learn then that I get high because I suffer from um, low, a, a fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. You know, I have uh, low self-esteem. Yeah. I'm a people pleaser, you know, the yeah. character. I didn't know all of these things. Yeah. And and that's real tough to understand 14 days in treatment. And, you know, us, at, real quick, give Genesis House a plug here. If somebody comes down to Genesis House, we're a 30 day, we're a 30 to 90 day program. And we feel that the 30 days is, is, is just the beginning. We would never get it, leave any, nothing against the center you went to. I know them, they're a good center, but, um, you know, we always plug that 30 days in and you know 30 days 90 days even uh, you know half a year isn't enough you know i i remember five years into i was still scratching my head like what the hell do i do how do i do this you know there's no there's no book i mean or there is a book there's the big book but mm -hmm. um you know but it, it it's 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 crazy so the the longer that you can get in somewhere and stay um you know it just it's just amazing that that the 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 information you learn about yourself and why you're using so um, we'll be right back. Yeah. FriendsInRecoveryPodcast.com and talking with, excuse me, Corey Clark. Thanks, Corey. We'll talk to you in a minute.
Genesis House is a premier substance abuse and rehabilitation facility located in beautiful Palm Beach County, Florida. We have been providing the highest quality of addiction treatment since 1992 and are accredited by the Joint Commission. We offer a range of programs that include detox, residential treatment, dual diagnosis, a Christian track for people who want to incorporate their faith into treatment, a uniform services track, and we work with most major insurance carriers. Genesis House is led by a dedicated team of administrative and clinical professionals, and we stand on our commitment to excellence in recovery services. Contact us today to find out more about our program. Take the first step and call Genesis House at 800-737-0933 or visit us on the web at www.genesishouse.net. That's 800-737-0933 or www.genesishouse.net. Begin your journey to a long and successful recovery with Genesis House. Hey, Friends of Recovery Podcast.com. Back here live with Jersey Ed and the Podfather. That's and it. our good friend, new friend. New friend. That's I like right. him. Corey, Corey Clark. He could take the show over with that, right. that the voice. great voice, the voice he has. That's right. I'm just going to walk off the show and you can take <laughs> over, Corey. There's going to be a lot of women and men calling later. Looking I, know. For Corey. I, I know. know. Who's that guy, Corey? As an impartial observer, he's doing all the work. He is. He is. We're, Corey, we're just going to sit over there and have a soda and you just keep going. <laughs> Corey, I'm going to bring you back to the um, attempting to stop. It says uh, you tried controlling it, cutting back, just on weekends, tapering off. Then you tried uh, methadone, Suboxone, uh, Clinic, Richmond area. Let's go from there. Uh, that was actually before I went to inpatient. When I when I uh, when I got out of college, I knew I had a problem then, and uh, I was I was trying to fix it. I was trying to address it just because my life was so out of order. Um, I dropped out of college senior year, you know, at a at a dope habit longer than ninety five, wow. and just running crazy. Mm. And um, but I didn't really know about recovery, you know. I didn't. I, I thought just because I could abstain, and that's nothing against any other treatment, any other pathway of recovery. But it just it didn't work for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I when I got out of my first inpatient. Um, I was, I had taken, my job had given me 30 days off. So I came home with 15 days before I had to go back to work. And I was sitting in my house. That could be dangerous. <laughs> I had learned nothing about me. So I started reaching out to the same people that I got high with. They were my friends. Mm-hmm. Like we grew, all grew up together. And even though I, was, I wasn't engaged in it, you know, uh, a heroin addict can hear it in another heroin addict's voice. You can hear the drug. Sure. You can talk. You got to. You, know? you got to change your behaviors. That's that's the big part of it. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't do any of that. So just to say, I was clean four to six days until I got my first paycheck and I was off again. Yeah. Right. So and then, then back. It looks like in 2016, that's yeah. when you kind of said, it "Okay, fuck changed. it. Enough's enough." It all changed. I was led to the doors uh, by the direct consequences of my actions mm-hmm. uh, to, a, to the doors of a homeless shelter with a 12-step program in it called a healing place. And that place saved my life. Amen. That is yeah. good God. It, 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 it saved my life. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then I, I, you said you were homeless. Well, 
you said you had a house, you had kids, you had this. What you had a wife? What, did the yeah. wife kick you out? What, um, what happened? I mean, I you have a home. Those, I still had those things, but because of like, once again in direct consequence of my actions, I was politely asked to leave. <laughs> <laughs> was it politely really? Because <laughs> no, <it wasn't> <laughs> I don't yeah. remember anything ever politely in my addiction. So <laughs> it, it sounded good. No, it, it did it sound was, good. <laughs> it was. It was all that. It, it was. It was horrible. I was just at a horrible place, man. And, that was um, that was the one place they offered uh, walk in. You could just walk in. Wow! To this place. And they have a they they have a place called well. When you walk in, when you come in, they have a detox area. That's actually where I got the hope from. There was a, a mural on the back wall, mm-hmm. and this was painted on the back wall. And one of my brothers from there, his name was Will. Will passed away clean a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And he explained it to me what it meant, and it's a long-term treatment facility. Uh, it's a, it's eight months to a year, wow. year and a half. And uh, I actually, I, it's very near and dear to my heart. Like I still continue to go down there, nice. I pick that up, and I give them rides. I go down there and facilitate classes when I'm available. I, I, it saved my life. So it, it introduced me to. The steps that introduced me. My foundation is AA. It's an AA based twelve step, and I've branched out into NA. But I, I, I don't. I go anywhere where the message of hope and the promise of freedom is. Good, good. And it says that you're a peer peer uh, recovery specialist. Is that is that something that you do with um the this was the heal was it called healing center the healing place healing place. No, uh, that's just something that um, was placed in my path on this journey so far. Okay. Uh, I'd like to do something with it at some point. Okay. Good. Good. Um, no, it's the healing place is just something that I do. For, I do for me. I've learned that that um, the best way for me to help someone is to help myself. Right. And there's another book that I read that says my cup runneth over. So that means I gotta fill my cup before it can run over. If, if I fill my cup, it's for me. The overflow is for everyone else. Right. So as long as I keep my Cupful, it's old flow for everybody. I well, like you know the, the twelve steps of recovery. The twelve step it talks about, you know, giving back. And if we don't g- give back this gift that we've been given, we may not be holding on to it ourselves. Yeah, you know, we uh, keep what we have by giving it away. Right. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that that you went to a lot of AA meetings. You didn't even mention alcohol, and um, but I, I'm sure you don't drink. I'm sure you're, you're stone cold sober, <laughs> right? Actually, I started off drinking. That I think that that's where it began, right? right? I started off drinking about. I had a friend that passed away many years ago. One of my best friends. His dad used to keep a little pint bottle of gin under his yeah. armrest, right? And we were probably ten, eleven years old, and we used to go up there and sit in the car waiting for the school <laughs> bus in the morning because he would start the car for us to right. stay. <laughs> and we went to armrest one day and found this little bottle, and it was a wrap. <laughs> it was a wrap. So I started all drinking before yep, I did it. Same here, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I like also that what you said here. My life isn't perfect, but now I have the tools I need to be able to handle it. And uh, that is so true. I mean, we can – you know, our lives are not perfect. Matter of fact, I had a lot more stuff going on in recovery than I did when I was using, but – um, we get the tools to to kind of handle, it. and you want to explain maybe what the tools are to everybody listening out there. What what are your tools that that somebody might My be able to? My tools are uh, learning who I am. First of all, um, I, I I know that um, 
my my feelings may be a fact, but it's not not every fact is a feeling. You know, I, I may have said that wrong because I'm a little nervous. Oh, that's but right. You got it right. <laughs> yeah, you're doing good. Fact with, uh, whatever. But either way, um, I know today that my thoughts are always subject to revision. Um, I don't have to fly off when I get in my get emotional. I understand that I have a lot of character defects and shortcomings, and the majority of the things that I feel, just because I feel that way, doesn't mean that they're true. Right. So if I go to work and I feel that somebody was disrespectful to me, or they may have been in a bad mood themselves, I don't have to fly off and put my hands on you because you looked at me funny. Yeah, because right. right. that's so their that's their stuff, not not ours. And we have it's to we have to stuff. we you know we take responsibility for our stuff. Leave them take responsibility for their stuff, and uh, and I learned that in recovery too because I, I would love to jump and fly off the handle and, and yell and scream, and uh, but you know it wasn't it was their stuff and it was it wasn't mine, and that's that's really important too in recovery. It kind of keeps us grounded, also. So I also have a I have the most awesome network on the planet. Um, there is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, that I can experience in life that I don't have someone that I can call and give me some guidance. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yep. Yep. Um, I have a, a sponsor that works with me that has a sponsor. I go through steps. I work my steps. I have a service position. I have the greatest home group on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just how I feel. And I, and I would tell anyone, if you're in recovery and you you follow the same principles that I follow, if you don't feel the same way, then that's something you need to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, these these things like we this life that I've been afforded today with the people that I interact with, the things that I learned about myself, um, just the, the path that I've been placed on. People pay thousands of dollars for this and I get I, I receive it for free. Yep. Because I'm willing to put the work in to get it. Yeah. You know, if anyone is in pain, if you're hurting, I understand that pain. But there's so it's so much better, and there's so many things that are able to be received just by taking a simple suggestion. And that pain is not necessary either. I mean, it's definitely you go through it, but it's not necessary how we hang on to it and and uh, and keep it um, infesting in ourselves. It's not it's not necessary. And and it's through people like you that we were able to talk to, and through people like our sponsors and the steps to get rid of all that pain. They and, work greatly. Yeah, I've I've learned that the majority of the pain that I've carried wasn't even about me. Like I, the part that I played in it was because I held on to it. Right. But some of the things that ha- that I carried um, that I thought were because of me or were mine, they weren't. They had actually had nothing directly to do with me. Like one of my one of my biggest things is my fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother and father split up when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When I was little, and I. I remember that day when, when we left, my, my father was a giant in my eyes. He still is. Mm-hmm. Um, my father's a Marine, decorated Marine, uh, Purple Heart, and he was a giant. And I remember being four or five years old, um, getting put in the back of a gremlin and watching the giant go from this and shrink down to nothing the further we got away. Mm-hmm. You know, And I felt that he left me. Mm-hmm. And I carried that for a very, very, very long time. And I recently, and this is just recently, I came to realize he didn't leave me. He's still in my life, mm-hmm. you know, but that's the way that it was perceived to me. And that's what I carried. Yep. Yeah. And I don't have to. 
Yeah, and we learned about all that in the rooms and everything. Um, we got only a couple minutes here, Corey, but um, real quick, just if somebody is out there suffering in pain, what do you recommend for them to do? Um, you know, if, if somebody came to you and said, Corey, I heard you, how do I do this? What's my next step here? My next, my thing with, with them would be, and I reach for help, find help. If you're talking to me, then give me a moment. Let me get on the phone. I can find you some help. There are people available to help any situation that a person struggling or suffering with is dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many avenues and outlets and there's so many things that, that we can do to make our lives better or to make a change. Uh, the first thing that I would suggest the person do is make a decision to make a change in your life. Like if you're not willing to make a change, nothing is going to happen. If you're going to keep suffering at the same thing, you know, in life, pain is promised, but suffering is optional. Yeah. We don't have to suffer. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. And you know, that's how it all begins. You, you, you gotta be ready and you know, and you may not even know you're ready, but if you are, if you are asking somebody for help, that that's huge. Yeah. And if that person can't help you, ask another person. Because like you said, someone asked you, if you didn't have the answer, you'd get on that phone, you'd find that you'd find them some help. Yeah. Corey, is there any way that, that we um we can get they can get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you? Is there a Facebook or an email or anything along those lines? Um, you my email them? address is Corey C three two five E thirty at gmail.com. You can reach me there or you can look me up on Corey Clark Facebook. Okay, and we'll put we'll put all that in the notes too. So, because Corey, you have an excellent story, and unfortunately, we don't have that much time. I we I could go three shows and, and listen to you. This this was amazing. It, it really was. Great and job, uh, let's Great. let's have you back on again, and uh, you know maybe continue this this wonderful wonderful journey you're on. You know, I'm sure everybody wants to hear to hear the rest of it. So, Corey, Corey Clark, yeah, you other man. Thanks thanks for your time. Godspeed, man. Stay Thank sober, you. everybody. Absolutely. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.